York Jets blow it up. Sable Radio the day after the Jets' fourth loss of the season, this time to the Denver Broncos and young Brett Rippon, Mark Rippon's nephew. For you, for those of you old enough, Mark Rippon played for the Washington Redskins in the 90s. Early 90s, he was pretty good. He was a good fantasy quarterback. Gary Clark, Art Monk. Brett Rippon makes his first career start and, of course, plays well enough to win against this team. He did, he did throw three picks, two to Pierre Desir, which is shocking in itself. One pick six, which reeked of Larry Brown, uh, Steelers-Cowboys Super Bowl in, what was it, 95, I believe? 95 season, uh, 96, January or February. I think it was January in the 90s, Super Bowl still. But he finished 19-31, 242 yards, two touchdowns, three picks. And, of course, Darnold... Other than that one play where he transformed it to Steve Young, quite literally, 46-yard touchdown run, which had the world salivating, including LeBron James. And how bored must LeBron James and, and those NBA players be in the bubble to be watching that game last night? Uh, my God. I mean, there's nothing going on in the bubble, folks, if that's the case. If they're glued to Jets-Broncos. But Darnold, other than that play... He made some plays, you know, with his feet outside the pocket, but terrible accuracy issues, terrible from the pocket stuff, still jittery, uh, still moving his feet when he shouldn't, still throwing from an open stance, stepping in a bucket as blew it and a lot of quarterbacks coaches call it not a good performance. And what the only thing you could take away from this game and from this season is that you have to blow it up completely. Adam Gase, yes, he should have been gone yesterday. He's safe. Hughes had it first. Samini backed it up uh, from his source. Gase, as of right now, is safe, and the organization is planning on keeping him through this season. But regardless, Gase is not the only problem. This issue is deep-seated. And until fans start to realize this, uh, it won't get fixed because then the next mistake will happen and then the next mistake after that will happen. And that's where we start today. 37-28 Broncos. Darnold finishes 23-42, 230 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Ran for 84 yards on a touchdown on six attempts. Of course, that 46-yard uh, touchdown run where he eluded a guy in the backfield, which was a free runner and it wasn't a blitz. Buck called it a blitz on the broadcast looked like a blitz it was only a four-man rush sending a linebacker free shot uh, among the interior and the Jets O-line did regress last night without Makai Becton they did not play well but that's that hasn't been the case all season long not at all this offensive line has been much much better and Darnold hasn't adjusted to that and Gase hasn't adjusted to that and whether or not you blame Gase, you blame McCagnan, you blame the lack of offensive linemen, the lack of weapons this year. Whether or not, you, it doesn't matter who you blame. The fact of the matter is, Darnold has regressed. Darnold just ain't that guy now. No matter how it happened, 
He just ain't that guy. To say you would bypass Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick if the Jets were so fortunate to get that pick is to not understand the salary cap. Because of the salary cap, because Lawrence would be on a year one, he would be a year one of a rookie deal as compared to Darnold going into his fourth. It's it's a no-brainer. Lawrence is the pick all day long. You, you just can't risk it. And it doesn't matter whose fault it is. This is where we are. Gase, again, completely lack, you know, complete lack of discipline. Uh, I think it was 11 penalties total. How many personal fouls were there? At the end of the game, Vic Fangio completely snubbed Gase, told his team to immediately get to the locker room, don't even acknowledge the Jets because of how choppy the ending was uh the jets continued to rack up personal fouls at the end out of frustration uh gase used his timeouts even though it was a two possession game and gase listen we've been we've been over gase over and over i think his main problem is this he's still living in the 2000s He's still living in the NFL pre-2012. When 2012 came around, we saw Robert Griffin III. We saw Colin Kaepernick. We saw Tim Tebow, which Gase is very familiar with. We saw those guys have success with college principals. That came on the heels of the Wildcat, which first surfaced in Miami. They shocked New England in that game. The, what the Wildcat did was take away the unusable guy, which was the quarterback who handed it off to the running back. So the offense suddenly had another player. What it also did was it incorporated the jet sweep. It incorporated putting pressure on the defensive edge. That eventually led into zone read and read option with Griffin, Kaepernick, Tebow, and Greg Roman was in San Francisco with Harbaugh taking advantage. Now, defenses caught up eventually. They caught up eventually. Quarterbacks got hurt. Griffin got hurt. Kaepernick was great with that machine of, a, of an offense in San Francisco. Great offensive line. Great rushing game. It faded, as fads often do. But with how soft the league has become, you know, the rules greatly changed in 2007, 2008. With the defensive pass interference, illegal contact, defensive holding, all that stuff. And points skyrocketed. But since that point, gradually the concussion issue, everything has become much softer. So quarterbacks are able to run. They're able to be a part. It's gotten to a point where they're able to be a part of the rushing scheme and rushing attack. Like a Josh Allen in Buffalo. Quarterback power. Zone read. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson is as limited a pocket passer as you'll see in the NFL. He can't throw a 15-yard out consistently. Can't do it. He has issues. He has issues throwing five-yard outs. Running backs in the flat. He's a middle-of-the-field thrower and a deep thrower. His accuracy, his deep accuracy is pretty good. But 
when he needs to throw a rope 10, 12, 15 yard out? No. But the Ravens, because of the rules, because of how soft everything is, because of everything's evolved into a college feel, Greg Roman, who did it with Kaepernick, is doing it in Baltimore now. And he's taking advantage of Lamar, incorporating Lamar Jackson in the running game. They would have no shot if Lamar Jackson didn't run the ball, break the pocket, pick up cheap yards, get involved in the run game, in designed schemes. That's what Josh Allen does. That's what Lamar Jackson does. That's what Dak Prescott does at times. That's what Kyler Murray does at times. The list goes on. Josh Allen, he runs quarterback powers like as a fullback, like he's Mike Allstott. That's the way the league is going. It's to the point with the rules and how soft it is that quarterbacks could be involved in the running game and not get hurt. It was never like this before. And Gase, even though he was there for Tebow, even though he was there for Tebow, we don't know who was truly behind cultivating that offense for Tebow. They got rid of him right away when they brought in Peyton Manning and Gase found his comfort zone with Peyton Manning, the professional quarterback, the pocket passer. You don't do too much crazy stuff pre-snap before uh, motion before the snap. You allow the quarterback, you give him options. You allow the quarterback to look at the defense and adjust accordingly at the line. That mindset, it works with great pocket passers. The few that would be called franchise quarterbacks in the early 2000s, 90s. Marino, Elway, Brady, Manning, Breeze, for example, today. It doesn't work for the majority. And Darnold is in the majority. He's not in that class. He can't do it from the pocket alone. He can't do it from the line. He can't do it with his accuracy. Last night at MetLife Stadium, I was there. I saw the routes. I saw the coverage. He was inaccurate. Inaccurate as hell. On his deep balls to Hogan. Listen, you don't want to be throwing one-on-one shots to Hogan. Finally, Gase opens it up and throws one-on-one shots. But against a Broncos team that was playing soft as compared to the first three defensive units they faced. I don't know. I mean, Vic Fangio is a cover four guy. He likes lag. He likes to keep everything in front. But Vic Fangio, you're playing the Jets with no weapons. You got to play it aggressively. So the Jets took advantage underneath. And they actually took some shots downfield, which I liked, which is the right idea. But it's too little too late. You do that against teams that are playing your single high press. Nonetheless, Darnold to Hogan. Back shoulder. Throw it at its highest point. It's not enough to get the ball in the general vicinity of a receiver. You have to perfectly place the ball. That's accuracy in the NFL. But Gase, his play calling is stuck in a decade ago, 10, 12, 15 years ago. He hasn't evolved to the point where, okay, I could incorporate certain schemes that will allow guys to get wide open, will scheme guys to be wide open, like an Andy Reid in Kansas City, what he does, throwing receivers in the backfield, uh, constant orbit motion, uh, lateral motion in the backfield, 
to the flat. Um, you know, jet sweep principles. He doesn't scheme to get the, his weapons wide open. He trusts his quarterback to make the perfect throw. Now, while that may be a good move to mentor a potential all-time great, it's not a good move to mentor a guy who could be good. Because if you don't challenge a quarterback who can be all-time great to make those perfect throws, to do it in a scheme where you have to think pre-snap and go through your progressions, the guy won't become an all-time great. Which I don't think Lamar, I don't think Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen can because they're not asked to do, they're not asked to develop to a 100% full ceiling. I think Gase wants Darnold to get there, and that's why he asked him to do the more challenging things. But it's not helping Darnold, and I don't think Darnold could fill those shoes. And Gase is just not making life easy enough for the kid. So, listen, Gase has to be gone. He has to go. It's come to that point. Darnold, he just ain't it. Could he have been it? Could he have been one of the it's in the NFL? Because if you think about it, what's a franchise quarterback in this NFL? Again, it's not like the old days where there was a handful. Part of the quarterback club in the 90s. Marino, Jim Kelly, Elway, uh, Montana, Steve Young, Aikman. A lot of guys could become franchise quarterbacks in this league. Thanks to the rules, thanks to the yards, thanks to the college principles, thanks to the wide open offenses. It's situation, it's coaching, it's mirages. Jared Goff, you think he's a legit stud quarterback? I don't think so. No chance. Darnold, could he have become one of these guys? I think so, yes. Is he a notch above that, where he's the real deal, no matter the situation? Of course not. You're watching it right now. So if the Jets are number one, it's Trevor Lawrence. It's no question about it. You get him on the rookie deal. You know, he's got all the he's got all the measurables. He seems to have all the intangibles. Two two national championship games, a champion as a freshman. And the most important part is the salary cap. Without the salary cap, it's a question. It's a conversation. With the salary cap, you get that quarterback on his rookie deal, on his first year of his rookie deal, and you let Joe Douglas do his thing. Greg Williams. Yes, it's true. Everywhere Greg Williams goes, trouble follows in terms of physicality, uh, stupid penalties, for sure. Is he still a good defensive coordinator, good defensive coach? 100%. No question about it. Uh, Last night, Pierre Desir, two interceptions, a pick six. He was also burned by Patrick. Jerry Judy mossed him. And there's really not much else on the defense. I mean, what are the differences from last year? Jamal Adams gone. As big an impact as anything in this NFL from last year to this year. Because of that, May drops down. McDougal goes to free safety. Suddenly, their free safety is downgraded. May is much better than McDougal. There's no question. Okay, Foley Fatukasi, where is he? He's disappeared. This guy was a beast last year. 
Quinnen Williams has improved a little bit, but again, he's not great at the point of attack. He's not great when the offense is running straight at him. He's better laterally. He's better sideline to sideline, outside zone, stretches, etc. McClendon, I, I don't know. I'll have to talk to Nanny. I don't know if he's playing as good as last year. I'll have to talk to the analytics guy. Um, and the other big thing is, well, obviously they don't have an edge rush. We know that. Jordan Jenkins isn't doing as much as he did last year, although he did miss the first portion of the season. If you remember last year, the Jets defense wasn't good early. It didn't start to get good until they found their identity in the middle of the season against those bad quarterbacks, those young quarterbacks, Haskins, Daniel Jones, uh, Miami, what Miami was throwing out. They formed an identity around their DBs, blitzing, multiple coverages, hybrids, uh, pre-snap disguises. Brian Poole. Brian Poole is the other guy who has completely fallen off a cliff this year. So it's not just the offense. The defense is just as bad, maybe even worse. And offensively, if Mekhi Becton's not out there, and you saw it last night, he didn't start. He dressed in an emergency role. Adoga gets hurt right away, of course. These are the Jets. Becton comes in. His shoulder's visibly hurt. And he doesn't make it long, and he comes out. Darnold obviously hurts his shoulder. Gase said today in a conference call, he may miss time. Yeah, listen, these aren't the main issues. The main issues is are identifying the root of the problem and trying to address it. Joe Douglas is not blameless in this. He deserves blame. I think he did a good job with the offensive line. I think he did a good job with the draft. Mekhi Becton is a cornerstone guy. But where are these guys are injured? The, every one of his draft picks has been injured, except for James Morgan and Braden Mann, who made the best tackle of the season for the Jets last, uh, last night. So Douglas deserves blame. Do I still think he's the right guy? Yes. But as long as he's not beholden to Adam Gase, Adam Gase cannot be the top dog in the organization. It could not have been Adam Gase who made the decision to bring Douglas in. So I think the Jets are on the right track with Douglas. Hopefully Christopher Johnson learned that McCagnan was not the real deal from Gase. And he'll also learn Gase is not the real deal from Douglas. But the next coach, Douglas has to hit on. It, And here's the other thing. The coach whether it's an offensive guy or a defensive guy, his counterpart, play caller, has to be a guy the coach chooses. Remember, was Adam Gase, there's, there were rumors about this, was Adam Gase hired with the stipulation that Greg Williams had to be the defensive coordinator? We don't know. And that's the main issue. The Jets, these leaders, are never on the same timeline. Since Parcells left... Leon Hess threw his hands up after Kotite, got Parcells in here, and said, you run the show. And Parcells did everything. He was the boss of everything. Then Woody Johnson came, and suddenly the GM and head coach were on the same playing field, same uh, plane in the hierarchy, and they each reported to the owner. When that happens, confusion ensues. Different channels of communication are created. It's not a good situation. 
they finally hit on something. When Mangi- when Tannenbaum was promoted and Mangini was hired, those two worked brilliantly together. And they built arguably the best roster in the NFL. Sands a quarterback. They just didn't have a quarterback. I love Sanchez, but, you know, he wasn't a stud. In an alternate universe, those, still, those two guys are still running the Jets. From that point forward, Mangini fired after Favre 2008. Rex Ryan brought in. Rex and Tannenbaum got along. But from that point forward is when the roster started to deteriorate. Look at the draft picks. Mangini's last year missed on Vernon Golston, him and Tannenbaum, no doubt. Uh, hit on Keller. Dwight Lowry was a solid NFL pro. Hit on him in the fourth round. 2009, first year without Mangini. Well, let's back it up. The year before 2007, Revis, Harris, Stuckey, who was solid. 2006, DeBrick, Mangold, uh, Eric Smith, Brad Smith, Leon Washington, Drew Coleman. I love Drew Coleman. Drew Coleman was a player. Those three drafts, tremendous. As good as you could ask. Maybe hitting on the first round with Golston, but you hit on Revis, DeBrick, and Mangold prior in the first round. So, from that point forward is when the drafting stopped. 2009, Mark Sanchez, round one. Sean Green, round three. Slauson, round six. That's a solid draft. Slauson, round six, really good. Green in round three. How good was Green? I liked him, but he was, again, running behind a tremendous offensive line. And then Sanchez. Say what you will. 2010, Kyle Wilson, awful, round one. Vlad Dukas, terrible, round two. Joe McKnight, round four, which cost them Woodhead. They cut Woodhead. And then John Connor, round five. Remember Hard Knocks when Rex was boasting about drafting John Connor and Tannenbaum saying to the world he would give Rex a pick in each round? That was his guy. It was terrible. 2011, Wilkerson, Kendrick Ellis, Bilal Powell, Curley, McElroy. Powell in the fourth, solid. Curley in the fifth, solid. Big Mo. Looked good initially. Kendrick Ellison, a third, did not work out. 2012, Quinton Copel's round one, bust. Stephen Hill, round two, not good. Demario Davis, round three, tremendous, but they didn't handle it well. Um, 2013, this was the Idzik first year. D. Milliner, Sheldon Richardson, Geno Smith, Brian Winters. Are you depressed yet? Yes, you are. Tommy Bohannon, seventh round. William Campbell, sixth round. Following year. Huge quantity of picks. Calvin Pryor, Jason Morrow, Dexter McDougald, Jalen Sanders, Shaquille Evans, Dakota Dozier. Uh, the one good pick was Quincy Nunwa in round six. So Idzik's two years are up. In comes McCagnan and Bulls. And although they're still on the same plane and they both report to ownership, people like this because they were coming at the same time. When Tannenbaum was... Thrown to the Wolves, Idza came in, Rex was still here. So the two Jersey guys coming at the same time, people liked, and it, and the aggressive rebuild, although it hurt the Jets in the long run, um, looked good initially. 10 wins. That draft pick, that draft class, 2015, uh, Leonard Williams, Devin Smith, Lorenzo Maldine, Bryce Petty, Jarvis Harrison, not a good draft. 2016, Darren Lee, Christian Hackenberg, Jordan Jenkins, Justin Burris, Brandon Shell. Oh, my Lord. And then you know what happened in the last few years. The point is, 
They're not on the same timeline ever. There's no cohesion. What the Jets have to do now is say to Joe Douglas, you run the show. It is all up to you. If you think Gase needs to stay the rest of the year, that's your call. If you want to get rid of the guy, go interim and then find your guy after the draft. Again, your call. Is that's what is is that happening right now? That's the question. And the same applies to Darnold. Joe, I know you didn't select Darnold. We the Jets organization had high hopes for him. He's a McCagnan guy. But what do you want to do? And whatever answer Joe Douglas gives is what you should abide by. Again, Joe Douglas is not completely blameless. He needed to get an edge rusher. I hated that he didn't take a more athletic edge rusher in the draft. Hated it. Highsmith, that kid, I think he went to Pittsburgh. I wanted him. There were a couple other guys. So Niga, he's a bigger guy. Maybe he's a player. Uh, Bryce Huff looks like a player, which is solid by Douglas. I like LaMichael Perrine. Cam Clark, I think he's a player. He can't get healthy. Bryce Hall can't get healthy. The injuries. Is this a Gase thing? What is this? I know a lot of people are hurt. A lot of teams are hurt. Niners. Denver last night. Didn't have their starting quarterback. But the Jets, this is a constant ongoing thing. To fix it, it has to be Joe Douglas. No more group decisions. No more jet decisions. If Joe Douglas is your guy and you believe in him, he has to be picking everything. He has to be taking the head coach. He has to be decided on the quarterback. He has to run the ship. No more timing issues. Greg Williams, Gase. Uh, Two head coaches, basically. Gase has nothing to do with the defense. Greg Williams has nothing to do with the offense. They each play call for the unit. What does it lead to? It leads to disorganization on Sunday. It leads to personal fouls. It leads to two thought processes, oftentimes contrasting. And it's the same, the same thing could be said for the coaching staff and the general manager. This is why you got to go to the Bill Parcells model and let Joe Douglas be the guy. Let him make the decision. Blow it up. Follow Sabre Radio on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are. YouTube, all that good stuff. Till next time. 